This is Ballot Box. The pointers look at the issues on the ballot in Peel, in Niagara, at Queens Park, and in Ottawa. Now, your host, San Graywall. A lot of the news around Ontario surrounding Bonnie Crombie is about her her bid to become the next Ontario Liberal Party leader. She's just recently announced that she will take a leave of absence come, I believe, October 6th to focus on her aspirations to lead the Ontario Liberals. But in Mississauga, especially at City Hall and for municipal government watchers, the real question is, who will replace Bonnie Crombie as mayor if she's successful in her bid to become the Liberal leader? And today we have the Pointers Mississauga reporter Paige Peacock, who's done some great work Covering City Hall. Hi, Paige. What are your thoughts about this whole issue around a replacement for Bonnie Crombie? Hi, Sam. So, yes, as you said, uh, Mayor Crombie officially announced she'd be taking a leave of absence. It was a decision she says was not taken lightly, but the reality is there is no certainty that she will return as mayor of Mississauga if she is successful for her bid in the leadership. So, with that, It's going to be very important and critical for Mississauga to have a strong leader to guide them through some major projects that they have coming, um, also in the face of the separation from the region of Peel, which is supposed to be coming at the beginning of 2025, so nearly a year away. So with all this, you know, Mississauga has never been a standalone city, and the dissolution of Peel region by 2025 means, you know, everything from public housing and waste management to policing and public health, on top of other critical responsibilities that are currently handled by the region. Those will have to be taken over by City Hall in Mississauga as it transitions to a lower tier municipality. You know, those are responsibilities it's never taken on before. This is also in addition to some of the largest development projects that the city's seen in its history, like the Here Ontario LRT. There's also the multi-billion dollar expansion and redevelopment of Mississauga Hospital and the Trillium Hospital, along with major growth coming down to Lakeview. And this is all while in the next month and and a bit, the city will be facing its budget season just around the corner. And with that, Mississauga needs a sure and strong leader to guide it through this pivotal time in its history that's been unprecedented in any other time for Mississauga. Yes, the timing isn't ideal. I've heard from a lot of contacts and sources that have expressed concern that you know, not only will there be a vacancy in the mayor's seat, it'll be filled through rotation. Uh, other council members will will function as acting mayor in this rotational system that they're going to be using and um, where, you know, different councillors every couple of months will fill in, you know, and, and perform all the mayor's duties. But it's not the same thing as having the mayor who is elected by the people, you know, the mayor who was put into office by citizens and voters because of their strength uh, as a leader. So so that's going to be missing. And, and another concern that's being raised is the relationship between Queen's Park and the governing PCs. You know, if Doug Ford views Mississauga as enemy territory, suddenly, you know, the home of his chief rival for the premier's seat come 2026, when the next provincial election will be held, you know, is it possible that to diminish Bonnie Crombie, should she become the next liberal leader, you know, he might do some things that aren't that favorable for Mississauga, you know, whether it's just out of pettiness or strategically to make Bonnie Crombie look bad. And and these are concerns that, you know, have been raised 
quite broadly to me. And, and even if it's a matter of just not having the type of relationship with Queens Park that you need as a municipality, you know, because the person seen as the, you know, the elected representative by the people, even if she's no longer formally in the seat, if she's still seen strategically by the governing party in Queen's Park as not being favorable to their policies, not being aligned with their priorities. You know, it could possibly hurt. This is what some people are saying. We'd have to see how that plays out. You would you would think, you would hope that a provincial government would not treat, you know, one of the largest municipalities, the third largest city in Ontario after Toronto and Ottawa that way, that that they would continue to treat Mississauga fairly and with respect to the taxpayers of the third largest city in the province. But again, we'll have to see how that plays out. The timing page, maybe you can talk a little bit more about with the end of Peel region looming, as you said, by 2025, just how critical it will be to have a good relationship with the province. I mean, the province effectively can decide whether or not Mississauga gets a fair deal in the transfer of power from a two-tier system to a single-tier municipality. So when the upper tier, the regional government is dissolved, we want to make sure that Brampton's treated fairly, Caledon is treated fairly, and Mississauga gets what, you know, it deserves, like, you know, current regional assets. Mississauga gets its fair share, transfer of, you know, other types of services, are, are handled in an equitable way, existing assets in the form of regional roads and regional infrastructure, you know, waste uh, management facilities, wastewater facilities, police stations, police divisions. If they do divide up the police force, we don't know about that yet, which you've reported on. But with all of those things up in the air, you would think having a mayor who can negotiate and work with the provincial government is critical. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the province has assured that it's going to maintain that everything is fair during this process. But we know with politics, that isn't always the case, especially with the region appeal too. there's some major files like the housing file, for instance, as well as, you know, public health and Peel Police, which we say we don't really know what's going to happen yet. We know that the region has said they want to keep Peel Police intact, but They're at the whim of the province, so we'll see what comes down the pipe there. But as the transition board works to, you know, what had said, quote unquote, winding down in the finances, it'll be very important to have a strong leader at the front of Mississauga to be able to negotiate at the table and help kind of find that fair deal for Mississauga as they wind down these major files and divide them between the municipalities and ensure that Mississauga gets a fair deal, not only for, you know, city council and city hall and for staff, but also for the residents and the voters and constituents that, you know, the taxpayers that are funding all of this throughout this process and into the future, you want to make sure that your residents are getting that fair deal. And Mississauga really needs someone who can bring that to the table in terms of making sure that Mississauga gets a fair deal during the dissolution process over the next year and a bit. You know, even with um, cost sharing models, if, if they decide to keep the policing dynamic intact where Peel Police, it might go by a different name if, if Peel no longer exists. But if the force itself is kept whole as one force, you know, any cost sharing model that the province might oversee, 
you know, Mississauga wants to make sure it's going to be fair to Mississauga taxpayers. And it's the same with cost sharing that we might see, you know, with utilities, for example, some of the water utilities, or even if it is in the breakdown of assets and trying to determine whether or not Mississauga might have to pay Brampton and Caledon for some assets that it has enjoyed more services from, you know, over the years, you know, when Mississauga was a larger municipality. Brampton is obviously caught up in in recent years, but the way all of those financial decisions are going to be determined could end up costing taxpayers in in any of the municipalities an unfair amount if each individual municipality doesn't have strong leadership to make sure that what the province does, whether it's cost sharing or dividing of assets, you know, that it's done in a, in a totally equitable way or as much as possible, the outcomes of those financial decisions down the road don't leave taxpayers in one municipality disadvantaged. But anyway, with all of that, Paige, uh, then I want to just take a few minutes to talk about what I think a lot of listeners are very keen to hear and, and that's some of your analysis and some of what we've reported in the pointer regarding potential candidates to fill in for Bonnie Crombie to replace her. It would originally be most likely a by-election in June, around June. So it would be someone who would fulfill that role for more than two years, this critical, critical mandate of leading one of the largest cities in Canada. What are your thoughts about some of the names that you know, you would like to see or that you think would make, you know, for good candidates, for a good future mayor of Mississauga? You observe council. Did you want to start with some current members of council? Yeah. So since Bonnie had announced her bid for leadership, councillors have voiced that they want to see a by-election given, you know, the city's size and the remaining of the term right now with nearly, you know, like you said, two years left. First, something important to know is that Crombie may not actually be required to resign as a mayor, even if she wins the leadership, but she would rather have to step down once actually obtaining an official seat as a member of provincial parliament, um, you know, down the road when the election comes. There's actually no requirement under the Municipal Act for the mayor to resign. So just wanted to point that out before we get into it. But first off, you know, there's some new councillors at the table that have been very strong uh, over the last year since I've been covering City Hall and since they came on to council in the October municipal election in 2022. To start off, one of the councillors we've kind of seen as maybe a strong leader or may we may see the name on the ballot when it comes to a by-election time is Mississauga Ward 2 councillor Alvin Tejo. Although he's relatively new, having stepped into the role, you know, back in October last year, he could be a potential successor given his close relationship to Crombie. He was actually one of the individuals named on her steering committee earlier this year when she was looking at a potential bid for leadership. He had campaigned in 2022 on some main pillar, three main pillars. The three main pillars were a green future, modern le- leadership, and better service. Since coming into council, he has put forward some motions of his own, um, one of which was in February when he had advocated for greater transit use through a motion that saw free transit for, uh, I think it was children under 12 and reduced rates for seniors. He's also been a proponent for housing in Mississauga too. And the affordability crisis that we're seeing right now with housing, he back in July had put forward a motion to the region in correlation with Councillor Joe Hornick to see modular style housing in the region as a possible, not necessarily solution, but 
temporary solution to the affordable housing crisis we're seeing. And he's just been a very strong voice on council in his first year in terms of, you know, advocating for his constituents, advocating for residents. And he recognizes, you know, the modern issues facing the city right now in terms of, you know, climate change and making Mississauga a greener city. He appeals to, you know, younger residents and voters. He's been very contemporary in the policies he's been advocating for, and he really brings a fresh perspective to Mississauga that I think city council needs during this time, especially as we see these major projects coming. With that, another new councillor that might be a potential candidate is Mississauga Ward 6 councillor Joe Hornick. Since joining council last year, he's really taken a lead on community engagement and been very centered around connecting residents back to City Hall, something he said that's been missing in recent years, you know, especially with the voter turnouts we've seen over the last few elections. His work to reignite, you know, civic participation in City Hall has really made him an obvious candidate to bring back those connections. He's been a strong proponent for, you know, increased traffic safety, something that's very needed in Mississauga as it grows and as it develops its major roads, especially with the Here Ontario LRT project coming. Like I said before, he was one of the proponents alongside uh, Councillor Tejo that put forward the modular housing unit, and he's very engaged on that housing file in terms of, you know, the affordability crisis facing, you know, the region and Mississauga, which is going to be very important too as the transition board looks at unwinding that major file. So those are some of the some of the candidates here in Mississauga locally, some of the newer ones. But San, do you want to talk about some of the other candidates we may potentially see on the ballot come by election? Yes, I, I think um, like the, the biggest name that that's out there for me is probably Charles Souza, the former Ontario finance minister. He was a big part of the provincial Liberal Party both when Dalton McGuinty was premier and then under premier Kathleen Wynne, a very, very popular leader in Mississauga, long, long time Mississauga resident, uh, almost beloved by his constituents. He did a lot of great work with Mississauga council members on big files like the Lakeview redevelopment and transitioning the old Lakeview power plant into a really, really dynamic part of the Mississauga community along uh, Lake Ontario. He, he was a big part of that. Uh, I thought he handled the file as finance minister quite well. Uh, he has a background in banking. He held some fairly senior roles in finance in the banking industry. I feel Charles Souza obvious, also has a really great way of connecting with the public. Like whenever I've talked to him or met with him, he really seems to be a, a politician who who can have a conversation with the public. Like he, he really feels like a grassroots type of person. So I, I think you know he, he's he's currently an MP through a by election. He he won a seat for the Liberals federally. So he currently sits uh, in Parliament as uh, as an MP for the city. Um, so we'll have to see what happens with the dynamics up in Ottawa. But I, I think uh, just to speak to that, I think it's very interesting. I think what you're going to see is this, this sort of mirror of federal politics and provincial politics. Provincially, I think the PCs could face a lot of trouble under Doug Ford with all the scandals that he's dealing with, the Greenbelt situation. It just seems destined to possibly bring him down. And, it, you know, the PCs are like, 
plummeting in popularity. Ford's approval rating is is so low right now, hovering around 28%, according to like some fairly recent polling. And if the fortunes of the PCs can't be turned around, and on top of that, you have a powerful, very charismatic, very strong liberal leader like Bonnie Crombie, not to mention Merritt Stiles, who I think is a great NDP leader of the official opposition right now, you could very well see the PCs have a lot of problems. And will that open up things in terms of existing MPPs? We know that every single MPP in Mississauga currently is a PC. So could they be looking to jump ship? Would a 2026, maybe not for the by-election, if there is a by-election for mayor next year, but certainly if the timing works out and PC politicians think it would be a good move to vie for the mayor of Mississauga come 2026, the next municipal election, yeah, could we see a PC MPP throw their name in? And speaking of that, Natalia Kusindova, I I think, you know, she's currently, she represents Mississauga in Queens Park for the PCs. I think she'd be a great candidate, just like Charles Souza. And again, like those similar dynamics, Souza might see himself out of a job if there's a federal election in 2025, because the liberal fortunes, they look quite similar to the PC fortunes in Ontario. Justin Trudeau has similar approval problems that Doug Ford has in Ontario. So just like Sousa might be looking for an exit strategy or, or a safe landing place in the mayor's seat, could someone like Natalia Kusindova in Queen's Park see that as a an ideal opportunity to show her leadership skills and to work for her city and continue like her strong advocacy. She's done some phenomenal work in Queens Park on the human trafficking file. She's brought a lot of awareness to mental health issues. She's been one of the strongest voices, you know, on mental health issues. She's done other great work in terms of championing pluralism and issues around representation. I thought it was great when MPP Kusindova during the pandemic, you know, she's a nurse by training and she went back into the emergency room in one of the Mississauga hospitals, I believe. And and she served as a nurse. She felt that she was needed. Queens Park was, you know, obviously shut down during the early part of the pandemic. Instead of sitting around like a true leader, she donned her gown and her, her nursing uniform and, and she went back into the ER uh, again, I think that really showed a lot about her. So there's a strong candidate. Uh, again, you know, not to leave out other candidates that we might not be touching on, who we possibly might be, you know, leaving out because we don't know who will ultimately be interested. But Ikra Khalid, she's sort of in the same situation as Souza, you know, would be in. You know, again, she's an MP, a liberal MP very charismatic. Uh, she's worked in City Hall. She worked, I believe, in the legal office for the city for some some years before becoming a liberal MP. But Ikra Khalid, like I said about Souza, she might be facing a reality that with flagging numbers for the federal liberals, she might be looking to get out instead of facing electoral defeat. Maybe even the by-election come June would be a good option for her. We'll have to see. Obviously, this is all speculation. But like I said, she's done some phenomenal work 
in Ottawa as a parliamentarian. She's focused on a lot of issues around online hate, a lot of issues around women's rights, and you know, trying to address and confront the ongoing problems around violence against women, online hate against religious minorities. She's spoken out about human trafficking. I, I find her and Natalia Kusundova to be quite similar in a way. I don't see Ikra Khalid as being a blind party loyalist who just takes her cues from Justin Trudeau. I find that she seems to really stand up for the issues and champion and bring forward in parliament issues that are important to her. And I, and I find Kusundova to be the same way. She doesn't strike me as being, you know, a dyed in the wool PC. She's just going to look to Doug Ford for direction and do whatever he tells her to do. Uh, I think both of them would make for great candidates. I, I would like to see someone who fits their profile. You know, they've got a little bit of immigrant background. They're fairly young. They're women. Uh, I think all of that in terms of experience and their representation and the way they might approach politics that would be different uh, from others, similar to Bonnie Crombie. You know, Bonnie Crombie is the daughter of immigrants. And I think being a woman and being a powerful woman who's worked in Fortune 500 companies is part of what's made Bonnie Crombie such a powerful, effective leader. Like that's why she's the clear front runner to be the next, you know, head of the Ontario Liberals. I think both Ikra Khalid and Natalia Kusundova could could both take the baton from Bonnie Crombie quite well. And and I'll throw back to you, Paige. I know you wanted to talk about another very dynamic woman on Mississauga Council. So another possible candidate that we could see on the ballot is Mississauga's Ward 5 Councillor Carolyn Parrish, who is a veteran councillor. You know, given not only her experience at the local level with Mississauga, but she's also had her hand in both political and federal politics since, you know, the mid-90s to the early 2000s before she transitioned to municipal politics. And during her time on council, she's definitely been, I think, known as the the no-nonsense counselor. Uh, she's not afraid to speak her mind, even if it's not always in line with what her other counselors are thinking on certain issues. She's been very vocal, too, since Crombie's announcement to, for the bid for leader, liberal leadership. She appears to clearly have Mississauga front and center in her mind and ensuring that Mississauga is getting a fair deal during this time for not only the region's dissolution, but also these projects. She clearly has Mississauga front of mind during this time, I think. And given the fact that she isn't afraid to speak her mind, I think that could be very, very strong during this time as the region tries to, you know, get its fair deal. I don't think she's going to be afraid to back down <laughs> um, based on what I've seen at her around the council table. She doesn't always adhere to people's expectations. And I think that's going to be very important during this time. And given her political experience and background, she could be a very strong proponent for the city, given her experience not only at the municipal level, but also other levels of government um, when it comes to connecting and negotiating at the table for Mississauga. I think that's going to be very critical for the city, especially during this time with the complexities of the dissolution of the region over the next little while. We, we don't want to suggest that uh, there are, aren't other candidates or these names that we've mentioned. These are the same names that we highlighted in the article page that you did recently about uh, Bonnie Crombie's decision to take a leave of absence. The good chance that, you know, she, she will secure the liberal leadership that when 
the vote at the end of November. The results will be announced early December by the Liberal Party following their convention at the end of November to select a new provincial leader for the Liberals. There's a very good chance, you know, that Bonnie Crombie is going to be that person. So Mississauga has to be prepared to find a new leader. Uh, whether that person is a current council member, you mentioned Carolyn Parrish, someone who's, you know, adept, like having having watched uh, Carolyn Parrish over uh, a good chunk of my career as a journalist, I don't know that I've I've ever seen a more skilled legislator when it comes to approaching a resolution or a motion. How do you draft it? How do you detail and make sure that everything like new laws and bylaws need to consider the complexity, you know, strategically, how do you approach these issues? How do you approach legislating and new laws that you're helping shape? She's just incredibly dynamic and skilled at doing all those kinds of things. And like I said, in very strategic ways that that will ensure and guarantee, you know, down the road that a lot of these big decisions are going to be ideal for Mississauga. They're going to work out for the best interests of taxpayers broadly. You know, in the same vein, you know, you talked about Councillor Tedjo, Alvin Tedjo and Joe Hornick. And I have to say, you know, with Joe Hornick, incredibly impressed with the way that he's been able to connect with voters, connect with residents at the grassroots you know, really get them engaged, like get them participating in City Hall, get some excitement, get the public advocating, put pressure on local government, provincial government, federal government, through the citizenry, through your activism. And I find Joe Hornick's, even just his desire and some of his strategic sensibility, you know, the way he thinks about that, you know, that engagement piece, I, I think that would be a great asset you know, in the mayor's seat. And and with Alvin Tedjo, totally impressed. I mean, he seems to understand almost every single major issue. You know, the, the brief conversations I've had with him, including, you know, when we've done a podcast with him, I was really, really struck by how quickly he, he has been able to grasp some of the biggest, most pressing issues. He brings forward new dynamic ideas and strategies and vision. It's not just the same old, some of what he said to me about, you know, representation and, you know, having to be pluralistic in our thinking, what he's talked about in terms of climate change, in terms of, you know, the need for municipalities to be more sustainable, even what he's talked about in terms of service. He wants the corporation to be a much better service delivery oriented municipality. And uh, I, I think all of those things are phenomenal. So some really strong candidates out there for all of the people who might be thinking, you know, of running and we haven't mentioned you, I apologize. If some of the names that we've mentioned, you know, have no intention of seeking out the Mississauga mayor's seat. Again, uh, sorry if we're causing any problems, but we're just throwing out names. Paige, thanks so much for your insights. And we'll look to see what happens come November with the liberal leadership, but then also in the late spring and early summer when we're likely going to start seeing if Bonnie Crombie does vacate her seat, we'll likely see some of the early campaign work ahead of a potential by-election in June or whenever it might be. Anyway, I want to thank everyone for listening, and we will talk to you again next week on Ballot Fox. Ballot Fox. 
Box was hosted by Sam Graywall, produced by yours truly. Join us next week for the Pointer's ongoing coverage of the issues on the ballots. I'm Jeff Chalmers. Thank you for listening. See you next time.